Breakfast Show, and we have come into the second hour of our show. We're going to do a number of things. We're going to look at text messages. We're going to do an amazing Bible study. But also, we are going to have another question for the quiz. According to the Gospels, what is the unique literary genre Jesus employs to teach his message? Ooh, there you go. 0491064669. According to the Gospels, what is the unique literary genre Jesus employs to teach to preach his message. Give us a call if you can do the answer. 0491-064-669. Go on the draw to win the prize. That's right. We actually are studying through I, I you haven't shown me the answer, but I just I, I know what it is because mm. it's it's pretty it's pretty famous, pretty classic. We're actually at uh my Friday night small group. It's called Care Group, which doesn't mean like care group caring for each other, even though we do a lot of caring for each other. <laughs> like, um it's actually an acronym. Awesome. It's Christ Attitude Reflected in Everyone. And we, oh, that's we, cool. we go through each we're we're going through each one of these special mm-hmm. literary genres. Te- genres. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're going through each one that is to each one of these particular uh yeah. Let's not say too much. Lord. Genre. <laughs> Anyways. I like, how you're, I like how you're like, a care group, it doesn't mean that we care. <laughs> like, we do care, but it's not just, we yeah, don't just yeah, like yeah. sit down and, and, uh, anyways. <laughs> we do care about each other. Okay, let's have a look at some text messages that have come through. Short answer to avoiding these superbugs is a vegan diet. Amen. But unfortunately, not everyone will follow that, so there will always be crossovers, and thus affecting those of us that do not eat meat. Clear yeah. example, uh, COVID. Yeah, okay, there you true. Go. So true. Somebody has to eat a, a half-cooked bat on the other side of the planet, and the rest of us have to suffer. Yeah, that's right. Shout out, Brayden. Uh, hey, Brayden. Okay, we have another text message uh, coming in. It says, not sure why you have decided to not talk about COVID-19 in the future. What's behind this? What do you think? What, what do you think it's going to just disappear by not looking at it? Don't you listen to the news? It, isn't, isn't it biblical to know what's happening in the world? Okay. The reason, the reason we, I said that we want to stop talking about COVID is not because we want to avoid it. It's because like COVID much fatigue. of, much of COVID news has become kind of irrelevant, like as the, you know, the, different protocols and whatnot are lifting off the earth. Like, that's the thing. If COVID is relevant... We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. And that's what it was like this morning. It was like, okay, a relevant story about a church, you know, having trouble because of COVID issues. We and just can't talk about COVID every day. Like, everyone's got right. COVID fatigue. We're all sick of hearing about it. It's yeah. like the common cold. Like, we're not on the on the microphones every day talking about the common cold. Yeah. Um, not that it, you know, it's much more severe than common cold, but... It's not, it's not relevant to be talking about the common cold every day. That's right. Now, I did talk about uh, a story in which a church was fined by the government for refusing a health inspector to enter the church to see if they are abiding by the COVID protocols. This was in Alberta, Canada. I've got some text messages regarding that. First one is from Stephen. He says, The law of our leaders we must obey. No one is above the law. Jesus and Paul spoke on this. Christians believe wherever they are and whatever they do. So this gives us a principle, this idea, and definitely uh, Jesus and Paul spoke on this. You can either read through Romans chapter 14 or a number of the encounters that Jesus had with the the Pharisees and whatnot. Um, Essentially, yeah, like no no one is necessarily uh, above, like, because it's not healthy to break to break the law. Like Mm. often when you're breaking the law, like you're also, like a lot of the laws that we have in place 
um, like are also reflected in the Bible. Like, for example, if there is a law to not murder people. Right. Um, and that is also like a sin according to the Bible. So just because, you know, you say, oh, no, God is first and the government is like below God doesn't necessarily mean you should go and murder people because that's also not God's ideals. But then over specific issues, like I don't find, well, there are a number of different laws on um, money and taxation in the Bible, but they're not necessarily reflected in the Ten Commandments, uh, in the yeah. Ten Commandments, but also in uh, the the laws of Australia, like you know the 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 taxation laws of Australia are not similar to the taxation laws in the Bible, and therefore, do I just say, well, I actually follow God, so I'm not going to pay tax? And the answer is like, no, I I live in Australia, I I have to pay tax, and this is actually what the Bible says, like render unto Caesar what is Caesar, rent is un- rent to uh, under God, unto God, what is, is God's? God's. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a clear principle there. But then the next test message says this. Pastor refused government entrance to the church. Are you going to receive the mark of the beast just because the government says you should? You really can't seem to see the bigger picture. Oh, so I've been, I've been called out this morning <laughs> for not seeing the bigger picture on, on this one. Um, so, yeah, like this, this person makes a point. It's because in the story, basically, the church refused entry to the government, you know, this government health inspector to see if they were following co- uh, COVID protocol. And this person is saying, oh, what? So if you just, uh, are you just like, you know, they should submit to the government in this case. And, and what, like, the uh, is the principle that you're sharing that we should just submit to the government all the way until we just receive the mark of the beast? Like, we should just sit there and, and just take it and say, oh, yeah, I'll get the mark of the beast just because the government said so. Um, let's have a look at what the Bible says. I, I wanted to reflect a little bit on Scripture. Now, in verse 11 of Revelation chapter 13, which is the express and very clear revealing of what, you know, happens at the end of time, what the mark of the beast is, who will distribute it. It says that I saw another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and he spoke like a dragon. Now, when the Bible says beast here, this is speaking very symbolically. This is symbolic Bible prophecy. When the Bible is talking about this beast here, we know that in the book of Daniel and Revelation that a beast is actually a nation. You can go back to Daniel chapter 7, and I believe it's verse 17 to see that really clearly. When it comes to apocalyptic Bible prophecy, a beast is a nation. So there is this nation here. It says, it's, you know, coming up out of the earth, it, um, looks like a lamb, it speaks like a dragon. There are, you know, a number of different symbols there. But if I just scroll down to the part where it talks about uh, the mark of the beast, that this beast will distribute, it says, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive the mark of the beast on their right hand and on their foreheads. So essentially, this nation is causing people to receive the mark of the beast, which ultimately uh, we see, like, what what is the mark of the beast? Well, this is actually all about worship. Uh, we see that, you know, by keeping the, making an image of the beast, people worship the beast by keeping the image to the beast. This is all about worship, the worship of God. Um, this is like the mark of the beast is a law that is made um, to specifically get people to to worship the beast instead of worshiping Jesus and to oppress those who don't receive it. Because it goes on to say um, that when the mark of the beast is enacted, um, that those who would not worship the beast, 
whoever like so they who those who don't receive the mark of the beast um they will be then killed so they will be persecuted but this is a specifically religious issue that targets that targets religious doctrine and the worship of god that's an important point to know now the question is do these covid restrictions that were put on in like in place for not only the church um but also the rest of society as well, for a limited amount of time that came to an end, does this affect, you know, my decision to be a worshipper and a follower of Christ in spirit and in truth? Now, I guess in some cases you could say yes. You know, this person is is basically saying, oh, by, by limiting the church, the capacity of the church, you are restricting the worship of God. But again, this is legislation that affected everyone and was made for specifically non-religious reasons. Uh, and from what I understand, they don't uh, they don't attack any doctrine of God that I see. Now, was it harmful to church growth? Well, like these these specific laws that came in, like I would I would say yes. Like it made it very difficult to do evangelism, made it very difficult to uh, reach people with the message of God. Um, were these laws, you know, going against certain liberties that we're supposed to have? Also, potentially yes. Like, and I think in in times they have been used uh, and and wielded by governments or people in authority and power to uh, oppress people and take away liberties and rights. But once once we get to this point, like, and again, we're reading the Bible, we're reading Bible prophecy, we know this is coming, we know this is going to happen. Like, do you think that these churches, you know, that are standing up against oppression, quote unquote, now um, over an issue like COVID, again, not even a specifically religious issue, um, do you think uh, that any of like God's true followers, those who have the mark of God rather than the mark of the beast, do you think any of them will be worshiping out in public? No, do, no, like they will be actively impre- oppressed and killed for their faith. No, like what we're seeing here. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Like. Once we get to the end of time and this oppression sets in, because it, we know that it's going to happen and the, the ball is rolling, we can't stop it. Like, we don't, and if anything, COVID is an evidence of that, definitely. Um, but do you think, like, if we take a stand against COVID legislation that then puts our churches at jeopardy now, um, like that I really see as like, again, no one is forcing you not to worship God. You still have that ability. Yeah, COVID health laws were not about worship. They weren't stopping you from worshiping whoever you wanted to worship. That That, was just like having uh, protocols on like, you know, physical distancing and health regulations. Mm. And now again, does it take away liberties and freedom? Potentially. Yes. And I think again, I'll say it again. It has been used and wielded by people to, to harm people for sure. Uh, But, is this the issue to stand up against? Is this the hill that we die on? Oh, COVID protocols. Like, because that's what this church has ultimately done. They said, no, this is our hill. This is what we're going to die on. This is how we're following Jesus is to stand up against COVID protocols. Are they standing up against oppression against Christians? Are they standing up against the mark of the beast? In in my opinion, and from what I see from the Bible, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I don't, and I think you're, by doing this, you're actually squandering the freedom that you have 
Uh, and that we, because now the protocols don't exist. Like in here in Australia, when it comes to church, like they don't exist. And, and for me, like I, uh, I work at Newcastle uni reaching out to students and leading them to Christ. And because we follow those COVID, COVID protocols, I am now able to continue my job. And like, as a result, like in the next three weeks, we have three baptisms. Uh, we have like all these contacts who want to get baptized and, and follow God and who know the truth of the mark of the beast and want to stand up against God. Uh, sorry, not up against God. Who want to stand up against oppression and want to stand up against the mark of the beast. Like 100%, like we are still, like we have time now. But yeah, I, I just don't think it's wise to throw away our opportunity to continue to reach people because we die on the hill of standing against COVID protocols. And I also think that um, people who might say, but this is stopping me from worshipping God, if you honestly think that going to church is the only way to worship God, you might want to reevaluate your personal walk with Christ and what it really means to be in worship of God. Yeah, but also like we want to encourage going to church because going to church is one of the most fantastic, amazing things you can possibly do. It's the community side of it and it's uh, very important. But I believe we're quickly approaching a time in which we won't be able to go to church. And there are many countries around the world. This is what we talked about with Etienne. There are many countries around the world who are experiencing that today. Yep. But are they? is the kingdom of heaven still growing? Mm-hmm. Are people still and turning still, to Christ? They're still able to worship. Amen. Amen. Oh, man. Okay, we spent so much time on that. I just, I had a bit of a... I, I felt a burden on my heart. You know, we we got called out. I was like, <laughs> hey, I want to I wanna be able to speak to this. I do think it's important, though, that we... Um, you know, we follow government guidelines provided they are in line and not directly opposed to God's guidelines. Yeah, 100%. If the laws don't um, conflict with God's laws, then you're good to go. Yeah, like, and uh, the, the other point on the mark of the beast, like, there will be a time in which they will, and will we will conflict. disobey. Yeah. But I don't believe COVID protocol is, is that, that is that time. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah, that, that's what we think. Hey, if you guys have any uh, any other thoughts, is that texting line blowing up right now? Zero six four six six nine. Look, I got a bunch more text messages here. Do it. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I just I want to get into our Bible study because oh, I think yeah. it's really really powerful. But let's see. Christian persecution on the increase in the future. All of it uh, will t- all it will take for us to be arrested is for someone just to falsely accuse us. That's very much happening mm-hmm. today. I hope to at least be accused for being faithful to Christ. Amen. I have been receiving their weekly podcast. This is the Voice of the Martyrs podcast for 20 years at least. It gives me a weekly reality check. All Christians should download the app for their reality check. Many of us daily count our blessings while we can. It won't last much longer. Agree. Let's open our eyes and actually listen to what's happening in the world and even in Australia. What does the Bible say about the last days? Yep. Agree. 100% agree. Text message of the day. Agree. Uh, amazing story. Uh, any chance of sending me the link and where I can hear the story of the, this man who was converted to Christianity? I'd love to read uh, more news on this. Thanks. Great show as always from Ivan. Now, yeah, you can head to vom.com.au. That's the Voice of the Martyrs official website. Sign up to their newsletter. You can support their ministry. They're doing Literally amazing and incredible things. Getting Bibles into the hands of people. Enabling people to know the gospel before Jesus comes back. That's what they're doing. Please support them. Uh, And finally here, the worship through COVID reminded me of what it is going to be in the end times of meeting in small groups to encourage the brethren. And also, hi, Monica. Thank you for coming on the show. That's that's from Brayden. Oh, hey, uh, Dodge. You know, I found out just this week that uh Brayden and I are in in the same walking group. 
Oh, I'm in a walking group. It was started by uh, a friend of mine up in Queensland, and mm. it turns out Braden's in it as well. We had a little mushroom fight in the group chat uh. <laughs> <laughs> when I found out it was mushroom Braden. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, like definitely, like yeah, were these uh, were these restrictions, these government restrictions, good for the the health of churches? I, I would say not necessarily, but hey, let's let's keep our minds focused on on Christ and, and spreading Him in the ways that we can. Yeah. Um. Now. Let's get into our Bible study for today. So if, you, if you've got your Bible there, Monica, we're going to be spending some time today in 2 Corinthians because we're going to be continuing. We've been doing the, the shepherd's, uh, the, well, the crucible of Christ, and we started with the shepherd's crucible. We looked last week at the birdcage uh, and and how it is that we can just tune out the world to be able to actually listen to the shepherd's voice. This week's uh, study topic is seeing the goldsmith's face. Ooh. Now, Monica, do you know what a crucible is? Yeah, it's, what? it's like a what? Like a crucifix kind of. No, thing? no, 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 no. <laughs> there's a there's a cruci- There's similar words, but you, so you have a crucifix, which is a cross that you hang on. Now, a crucible is two different things. A crucible is you know, and how we're looking at it now, we're actually applying both meanings to it as we're studying through today, because the the literal meaning of crucible, firstly, is a pot that you melt metal in. Oh, I'm not going to lie. The first thing that came to my mind was Winona Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so a crucible is a pot that you melt metals in to refine them. A crucible is also like com- like commonly used as a term to describe some, you know, hardship or trial. Like a, yeah. Like a refining a moment, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And we're, we're, we're applying both of those meanings as we're, we've been Studying through the crucible of Christ. Now, today uh, is, well, this week, the topic, the theme is seeing the goldsmith's face. Now, imagine, okay, you have a crucible. You melt, you melt metals in, like gold, to refine it. Who, who is the, who's, who's like, who's the goldsmith? What, is, what does the goldsmith do with his crucible? He heats it up. Yeah. And sticks gold in it. Yep. So, and then melts it down. That's right. So the the goldsmith is the crucible. Uh, he is the sorry the crucible owner, the crucible operator. He is the person doing the refining of this you know gold that is being refined. Now, who do you reckon? You know, in this equation, if we have a a a pot, it's the crucible. We have gold in the fire that's being refined. Who do you reckon the goldsmith is? Like in in, in our spiritual analogy. Well, I reckon it's God, but I reckon some people might also blame it on Satan. I would, I would say that it's God. Yeah, I would say that it's God, and we're going to be looking at some. I'm going to say that it's Jesus as we've been as we've been reading through the crucible of Christ. I believe it's Christ that owns this crucible, and it's us that's being refined in it. And we're going to be looking at a specific passage today uh, that kind of explores uh, that idea. So. Let's read 2 Corinthians. We're going to start in chapter 3. All right. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And let's see. I reckon we can start reading from verse 16. And let's read verse 16 to verse 18. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Mm. 
Awesome. Okay. Uh, in my Bible, it says, and I love this word, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the spirit of the Lord. So, you know, both sharing the same idea. This idea of transformation that takes place when we commune with God, when we turn to him, it says, it describes here in verse uh, 16, it says, in my Bible, it says there's, there's a veil or a covering that's keeping us from seeing, from understanding the Lord, seeing who he, he is and how, you know, we can follow him. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We have our final question for the quiz. Who takes Jesus's body off the cross? Oh, you know the answer to that one. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And what is our prize for this week, Monica? They can pick it. It's a combo. You get a CD and a jigsaw puzzle. We will let you choose both which puzzle you want and both which CD you want. That is amazing. So that means you can listen to epic music while putting together your epic puzzle. Really? You really could. 0491-064-669. Tell us who takes Jesus's body off the cross. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I just want to say, you know, we, we, uh, we're getting back into our Bible study, looking, looking at the goldsmith's face, looking at transforming into Christ's image, but we did do a bit of an extended section on looking at the mark of the beast and, and whatnot, uh, COVID protocol. Hey, if you would like to know what the mark of the beast is and who is distributing, because I believe wholeheartedly the Bible tells us who it is. If you would like to know... 0491-064-669, I will personally give you a Bible study. I I will. That's my job. I give Bible studies on these specific topics. I will personally give you a Bible study as to who that is and what that is. 0491-064-669. Also, if you, if you don't like me, then we've got plenty <laughs> of other people who you can do Bible studies with. We have plenty of courses. Um, just get in contact with us and we will be able to set you on your way. But hey, let's get back into our Bible study this morning. We're going to be reading in 2 Corinthians, which we have just read, this idea of being transformed into an image like Christ, becoming like Christ. Now, I have a question for you, Monica. Hit me. Do we live in a sinful world? Absolutely. Yes. Has Jesus saved us? Absolutely. Amen. And when does, you know, when does that like great, like salvation come? You know, what what do we look forward to that represents, okay, like Jesus has saved us? Because we're still living in a sinful world now. But what do we look forward to where it's like the ultimate, you know, the end, mission accomplished, Jesus has saved us? I think we all sort of think of that as the second coming. Yeah, that's right. Like mm-hmm. Jesus came the first time, he got on the cross and died so that he would give the opportunity to everyone that, you know, whoever has re- followed God and repented of sin um, and has accepted God into their lives. Um, and also, you know, for those who did not know God, God will judge fairly and accordingly to determine, okay, is this person um, repented or not? That's but what the Bible says, Romans chapter two, um, God like has died so that ultimately we can receive salvation. And we look forward to the second coming as the, you know, the ultimate, uh, time of transformation, you know, we'll go from sinful mortals to sinless immortals and we will, you know, we'll be transformed and then we, you know, sin will be destroyed and we will then live in an eternity without sin with God, with love, like amazing, right? Incredible. That's what we look forward to. So does that mean, you know, if we're 
you know, living in a world of sin. It's full of sin today. Does that mean that we just go, okay, well, like, you know, putting away sin and whatnot, that, that's like, that's a, that, that, that's a job at the end. That's God's job at the end, at the very end, the second coming. Do we, do we just go, oh, you know, well, we keep just doing our thing now. Like, oh, if I want to murder people or commit adultery, Mm. whatever, like God's going to save me in the end. No, because when when you ask me when does Jesus save us, actually it's when we accept Him. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. And work starts straight away. <laughs> and and so, but like the question is, okay, is it then at that point, like, do do we change or do we just stay the same? Like, is it just like a decision? Is it just like a press release or a statement where it's like, I am saved. I have accepted Jesus. You know. Okay, I confess my sins. Like, no, because people have the capacity to do a one eighty. Uh-huh. And be like, oh, I've been saved and now I can just go do whatever I want and then live the most godless life ever. Uh-huh. And and would you say that those people are reflecting, like, through their actions, this state of salvation that's come upon them, you know, their no. decision to follow Christ? No. No. Okay, yeah, I think we're we're pretty much in agreement. And I, I believe that most of the listeners would be resonating with you, this idea as you're well. You're saved through a relationship with Christ. And a relationship is not just meeting someone once and shaking their hand and being like, thanks for the handover uh-huh. and then never seeing them again. Like, a relationship is someone you commune with every day. That's right. Do you, do you have anyone personally, like, that you personally know that inspires you to be better? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Would you mind sharing with that person? It's you, Lawson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, guilty as charged. <laughs> no, I am inspired because you're you are quite a lot younger than me, but I am inspired um at your Christian walk and how you you assimilate change and how you grow. I love the way you grow. Oh yeah. <laughs> praise God. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were gonna talk about like Lyle and Shell or someone else. I, I didn't I we didn't plan this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll get you that money later. <laughs> <laughs> no, because a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of Christians I know are sort of died in the wool Christians, and they you mm. know they've grown up with it and that kind of thing. But you haven't, and I love I love over the years that I've known you, watching you uh, receive a new piece of truth and then take that on board and change your life, and then keep growing and going step by step. Mm. It really inspires me. Well, <laughs> praise God! I know definitely, like for me, there there are people in my personal life who inspire me. Definitely, pastors that I have worked with and spent time with, um, members of my church. Um, I, I mentioned, and I guess I can say their name now. Like all the information's out. We just had their funeral. One of my personal friends, Zach, um, he passed away, and he is definitely someone who inspired me. Um, he inspired action in my life. He inspired me to 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 follow God. Um, I would say, you know, Lyle and Shell, like, I, like, the, I love those guys. Like, mm. all these, there are many people in my life who, who inspire us to change, right? And we see the things that they do. And it's, it's a good thing that we see the things that they do. And as a result, you know, we think, oh, well, like, I want to be more like them because what they're doing is good. Now, and, and that's because of the relationship that we have with them. Because we know that they're good people. Like, uh, you know, I struggle to really follow and be inspired by public figures. Yeah, because you don't know them. Because I don't know them. Like, okay, they might say one thing, but they might be a completely different person. Mm -hmm. But like people that we know personally, I feel like they're the ones that influence and affect us the most. And if we have really, if we're surrounded by really inspirational people that we have a relationship with, we will change. We'll become more like them, I think, in better ways. And also if they're not, so good, then we can also become more like them in, in worse ways. Right. But the point is, if we have a relationship with Christ, then wouldn't we become more like him? Right. Like, that. that's like, yeah, like, okay. They, they say that you become like the five people you're closest to. Yeah. 
And if you want, you want to be changing into Christ, make sure that he's the one you're closest to. That's right. Like, and we have that opportunity. Now, the, the question is, okay, because, because then people think like, oh man, I, I, well, I have all this sin in my life and, and Jesus is sinless and I, I think I'm pretty close to him. Like I read my Bible and pray, but like, oh, like I, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Like, how could I be friends with Christ? How could I be close to him or Christ-like? How could I be transformed if I'm, uh, if I, if I have sin in my life? Now, does God want you to have sin in your life? The answer is no. Okay, God has never wanted sin. God wants you to, like, God wants to overcome sin. God hates sin so much, like, that he, he's willing to give his own life and die so that sin no longer exists. But I think in the life that we live today, we have the opportunity to overcome the, the sin that, as as Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2, I preached on this last weekend, uh, you know, the sin that so easily ensnares us, uh, the weights and the sins that so easily ensnares us. But what we're going to be kind of understanding and unpacking this week, whose work is it to enable us to overcome sin? Is it ours? You know, do we just have to, you know, you know, clench our fists, grit our teeth and go, okay, I'm... You know, I'm I'm just gonna stop. I'm gonna stop sinning, and I'm gonna ask the question: like, if you've tried that, has that worked for you? I would say the answer is probably no. The only person who can enable us to overcome sin in our life is God, Amen. is Jesus. And this week we're going to be understanding that how He refines us in His crucible. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Now, we're going to jump into answers for the quiz. So, yes. you, you guys have been faithfully answering. We had someone who has gotten them all correct today. Really? So, people are really, really putting in this morning. Good on them. Done. So, let's go through some of the answers. The longest reigning king of all the kings of Judah was Manasseh. Cornelius' occupation was a centurion. Uh, Paul said that what may abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment is love. Uh-huh. The gospel, according to the gospels, the unique literary genre, Jesus employs to preach his message is parables. Uh-huh. And Joseph of Arimathea took Jesus's body off the cross. That's right. Congratulations if you've answered any or all of those questions correctly. Uh, I just have a text message to read here. I have been loving uh, the study on the shepherds on the crucible of Christ. Uh, it is certainly aligning with my life at the moment. It feels yeah. like I, you know, certainly feels like a crucible my life right now. <laughs> um, but God is with me, uh, and only uh, we can choose to leave His side. Amen. Who sent that in? Brayden did. Brayden, we'll be praying for you in that crucible time. Mm. Let's uh, now, we'll jump into... Question of the day. All right, Monica, what's our question of the day? Are we still able to preach the gospel in today's churches? Okay, this is a really mm. interesting question. It's kind of reflective of what we were talking about in our news story today. Essentially, the idea, like, are we so restricted, uh, maybe by the government, maybe by the ideals of the world that we live in, that we can't preach the gospel? Now, uh, in Canada, which was the, the place where that story of the people breaking COVID protocol in the church came from, uh, they're actually, you know, they're not only restricted from operating a church at maximum capacity during COVID, uh, they're also, I believe, restricted in Canada from reading Romans chapter 1. What? 
Yeah, it's it's like banned, which is for me anyway. I see that as more of a hill to die on. Absolutely, uh, like read because ultimately, like taking any words away from Christ's message is restricting the preaching of the mm-hmm. gospel. Interestingly enough, though, we come to Revelation. I did a small Bible study of Revelation thirteen. We then come to Revelation fourteen. Okay, and this is God's answer to this. Like, okay, there's going to be this. This power, this nation who is going to enforce the mark of the beast through legislation and those who don't receive the mark of the beast, which will enable them to worship the beast, um, you know, this religious issue of legislation, those who don't receive it, ultimately those people will be killed. Now we come to chapter 14. And the Bible says this, Then I look and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, having with him 144,000, having the Father's name written on their forehead. We basically see God's response. Now, it goes through and it shares the attributes of these people. These are a people who are without, there is no deceit in them, and they're without fault before the throne, and they have a full, like, or, you know, a full picture of of God and, and, you know, the doctrines of God. You know, they are students of the Bible. They love God, and particularly the one very, very defining characteristic of these, you know, this group of people that are standing for God in the end times, they follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These are true followers of God. Then in verse 6, it then tells us about what these people are doing. It says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. So in the context of people being persecuted because they want to, you know, follow 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 Jesus, uh, but you know, the the this beast is trying to give them the mark of the beast, God's everlasting gospel is revealed. Now from Revelation chapter 6, uh, sorry, chapter 14 and verse 6 through to verse 12, and I would say pretty much the end of the chapter, we see what that message is. It's a message of turning to worship the true God. It's a message of getting out of false religion. It's also a message of not receiving the mark of the beast. And it says that this message will be preached all the way until Jesus comes back. And so whether we can be in a church building or whether we can be in the street, or whether we can be in our homes, this message will be preached. It doesn't, like, we don't need a church to be able to preach. <laughs> we, we just need a message from God, and we just need to be following Him. If we follow the Lamb wherever He goes, even our actions will be a sermon that will preach the gospel to people. So, really, can the gospel preach be preached in today's churches? I believe right now, yes, it can. Um, but even if that gets restricted, the gospel can still be preached. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.